Hello, Dara speaking. Yes, speaking. I'm great, thank you very much. Oh really? I did. I was recently reading in the news that uh, people in Japan, there's now over two million people that are ninety plus, and thirty five percent of their population is over sixty five. I didn't realise that the increase was so huge in Britain as well. Yeah, so yeah, it's gone up in, the, uh, in Britain obviously at the age of eighty one, which is the highest it has been in Britain. Eighty one years of age. Yeah. Unbelievable. I can, I can imagine. That's that's insane. That's insanity. This is really great that we're having the opportunity to like rectify these things, especially now that we're living so long. Oh, I don't have one. No. Self-confidence. Because we live so long, I just feel like if I'm, I'm quite young now, and if I'm going to live to at least 81, I'll just start the process when I'm halfway through my life. No problem. Do you want to fast car you are at the moment? Pardon? Do you want to fast car you are at the moment? Uh, old enough. How <laughs> old, old enough then, would you say? Uh, 30 odd. 30 odd. So, uh, old enough to drink and still young enough to party. <laughs> That's me. You know me. If it, how what notes have you got there about me? <laughs> Enough. <laughs> oh, listen, take care, Father. It's been a pleasure. But, but why? Maybe you can convince me to buy life insurance. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't think it would. You just, uh, I probably wouldn't be able to keep a, a straight conversation with you for five minutes. Your sarcasm's through the roof. Okay, well, not to worry. Thank you. Have a lovely day. <laughs> No, I don't want to buy your fucking life insurance policy. exploratory journey to find out how the Savage Brothers have affected us. <laughs> Are we really doing that? Well, I mean, it's tenuous. I suppose we're kind of doing that. There's some tenuous links. We will occasionally drop in and out of the Savage Brothers. We just really like them. They're a couple of groovy dudes. They are a couple of groovy dudes. They set the standard, I think. You know, I think it's amazing how much of my life has been influenced by Michael Jacobs, who wrote, I think it was 168 episodes of Boy Meets World. Right? He wrote all of them. 
right? And I'm thinking like so much of my life, like of my my outlook, just the way the way I think, the way I see things, the way I approach it is influenced by that man. He's had a profound effect on a lot of, lot of lives. The Feeney theorem. The Feeney theorem. I mean, let's face it, Feeney, a sage. I've said it before, I'll say you it do. again. <laughs> you do, you say it a lot. <laughs> it's because it's true. Andy, Andy has a copy of the Bible and he's just torn out all the pages and he's stuck in all the dialogue that Mr. Feeney speaks to Boy Meets World because it's more prophetic than anything any of those Christians have ever written. Oh, it is incredibly prophetic. It's incredibly prophetic. It's filled with foresight. It's filled with shrewd observation about the human condition after years of experience of sitting in front of classroom after classroom of dickheads, snot-nosed children who think they know better. And Lady lives a life alone. Like a typical messiah. A lonely life. He's like a monk. He is. Alone, pondering, reflecting. Been sent to some school to deal with the infidel children. (laughs) (laughs) Incentivizing education. (laughs) So, yeah, that's what we're going to do. That's who we are and that's what we're going to be doing with you. So, uh, just get us kicked off, I suppose. Andy, how are you? How's your week been? My week's been good. I was at Fashion Week this week, Dara. Fabulous. Being fashion... Fabulous, Andy. How, how is fashion? And, <laughs> unfortunately, because there's no visuals on this, you can't take it to appreciate what Andy and I actually look like and how our relationship with fashion is that of, like, what are you doing here? <laughs> we have no place in a fashion show. Andy, Andy works in fashion quite a lot. I don't know how it happened. I, I, um, I don't anymore, but I did for a long time. We used to tell people that we worked in fashion. We were always met with the same response. It was mouth agape and a kind of moment, and it was just like, you... <laughs> Is it yeah? <laughs> Funnily enough, uh, we work for uh, some of the bigger campaigns too. <laughs> it's how we started. We got into it at the top, and we didn't want yeah, it anymore. We started at the top, and get we to made the our, bottom. Yeah, we are making our way to the bottom <laughs> as quickly as possible. Because yeah. at the bottom, it's no responsibility. We have reached really. terminal velocity on our journey to the bottom. <laughs> We've I've reached. I did. I think about two years, years ago, I uh, reached peak fashion. I think that's shit. I reached peak fashion. I plateaued. I didn't care anymore. And then it could just decline and could just, you know, put money in my bank. But, like, you know, sometimes it's good. And I just try and work now for people that are easy. Like, you know, the people that you don't need to say hoover up goji berries at three o'clock in the morning after a goji berry yeah. fight. Why am I hoovering up these goji berries? Well, because our designer will only eat them out of a Dyson. <laughs> Don't ask questions, just do it. <laughs> I mean, it always brings me back to one of my first, one of my first ever experiences working in the fashion industry as a, a working production of fashion. I mean, I had seen the hilarious sort of satire that's out there about the fashion world, but you always feel it's completely satirical. It's always tongue in cheek. It's never going to be the way it. You, it's you never real it. world. That it's never going to be ab fab. It's not going to happen. It just can't, right? I mean, nobody's mind works in a way that allows them to carry on that way that's comedy effect it's not real life no but no (laughs) job three I think it was when I started working in fashion job three and you're on a very big shoot for a very well known brand with some very well known photographers everything and like the, the talent was top end it was like a number one in the fashion world. It was the most sitophantic circle jerk I have ever fucking witnessed in my life. But it, you know, 
it was an eye opener. It was an interesting experience. It's definitely but, I mean, an eye opener. For me, that was the, the eyes were opened on, and this is like a five day shoot, which is quite a long time for a fashion shoot. Well, it is on one of those, certainly, because oh, it's, it's twenty hour day, day easily. Days. Yeah, that's easily. Like, easily. Eighteen luxury <laughs> my days and most of those hours most of those hours you're not even shooting you just remove i think i was on one job and a van arrived and it had sofas lights all kinds of stuff all kinds of like fucking things i thought they were props but they weren't they were there to basically build the hotel room experience for which you know the photographers and the client and the adorator were gonna have so i had to carpet half a sound stage we, we, you we were there. Had to carve half That's stage. right. Any of you that That's are in right. there have ever had the uh, the opportunity to work in Pinewood Studios, you will know how big these sound stages are. Any of you that have football never pitch. worked in, uh, football, in bigger, sometimes bigger than a football. How, how big was that one we had to carpet? That must have been a football pitch. Big size. enough, easy. Anybody that's never worked in in Pinewood. Um, but we'll know about it because, you know, it's the 007 stage. It's where the Avengers and all those sort of Star Wars films are made. They're big fucking stages because they've got to facilitate huge films. We were provided the opportunity of, hey, there's a roll of carpet out the back. Can you carry that inside and lay it down in the ground? Because the riggers are going to put drapes all around the room because people don't want to feel like they're in a studio. At which point you kind of think like... They are in a studio. I believe in that instance, they didn't like the colour of grey of the studio walls of the breeze block. And this is why we had to spend two days with Carpeting. a bunch of, well, what are effectively kind of climbers, right? Well, they're riggers. climbers. They're riggers. They're, riggers. Yeah, they're yeah. like go up, they're like going up really high like, and basically dropping what's called Bolton. It's like basically massive, heavy, huge curtains. And they drop them from all the way around the they're, studio. They're blackout drapes. Yeah, blackout drapes. Exactly. And they hung them in a system of tunnels and networks and caverns that we could build VIP areas in that people didn't have to realise. People that were driving to the studios and walking through the studio and into the studio space would then walk into a completely different experience because they didn't want to be reminded they were in a studio. And you kind of think, that's, uh, you know, it's slightly, slightly bizarre, but hey, hey-ho, you know. What I would say is more is it's a complete and utter fucking waste of money, but that would just be my sort of frugal perspective. How much would you say a day... A day's going in there for like a job uh, like that. Well, I mean, if you're not, if just for the, the, the space hire, you're probably looking at the guts of five or six K a day. Just for the space. Yeah, yeah. And that's a, that's a, I mean, that's a conservative guess. Because how we many had, of we us had, were there? We had three pro- sound stages. Three. Oh, right, yeah. I've worked on multi-million dollar international feature films that have shot in that studio. And we have not used that many studios, sound stages, to create much, much bigger sets than Woman by Wall. It's just a single <laughs> photograph as well, isn't it? Singular. It's just one photograph. And they bring, they don't even like use any of like what they do because they just have a legion of the fucking photo, like, like retouchers just built yeah. there into the studio. They like bring them like ship for, there. For every photographer, there was four retouchers. Oh, Meaning we had eight retouchers on set. We had an entire studio full of photoshoppers to fix the shots on set before the they food. even went to be photoshopped. The food, <laughs> the amount of food. The like great food though, great oh, one thing I'll always food. say is great food. Oh my god, yeah, great, great food. food. Well, I suppose you're dealing with people who are going to be quite picky. I mean, this brings me back to the the incidents. but just the amount you throw away is what I mean. Yeah, I mean it's it's like obscene t- tons. Absolutely, it must be tons. 
over the course of what, at least five a. days. At least a ton. Yeah, at least a Got it. ton. Got to be. Um, but you are dealing with people who, um, on this particular job, this is when it was, so I was quite early in my days of fashion. It was, uh, it was again, as I said, it was an eye-opening experience. So in like day three, I'm standing there with my eyes opened and my will to live completely removed. <laughs> so, you know, at least still eye-opening. Um, and, and one of the photographers... Basically, we had been sent on a on a on a on a mission to buy a particular type of soap, soap hand soap. All right, myself and Andrew, in fact, the two of us sitting here. Oh, we, we were both sent because is this- that when I lost the card? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. Yeah. Andrew and I were working on this job together, and. Um, both of us thinking like, who the fuck are these pricks all they're doing is taking a photograph of a handbag I mean why do we need to have this many people here to facilitate we could have done that in like the jacks at home it's grand um, it's a season man they always do bags it's in season Donatella wants it to look a particular no names named no names <laughs> we'll bleep that out in post yeah bleep a blella bloop uh, <laughs> um Wanted to have this particular look, so this was happening. And then at the same time, there was fucking panic on set. Like, and I mean, this is the sort of panic that you would imagine seeing in like a Vietnam war film where there's a group of lads sitting around playing cards, and next of all, there's like a fucking bombing raid falls over, but it's friendly fire and they can't call it down. Completely. And it's, it's, like, it's absolute panic. There's nowhere to go. It is, People are trying to establish medical tents while performing surgery. Yeah, I mean, bombs going there's off. There's sheer absolute terror and panic in these people. They're, they're, they're shaking. And I was like, oh my God, what's happening? And how bad can this be? You know, I'm green as the grass on this job. I don't really know the ins and outs of it. Um, so <laughs> they go running over and it's like, okay, right, well, fucking hell, what, what must be the problem? So Andrew and I were appointed the job of having to go and get the soap that one person had and the other two didn't have. And then the two that found out they didn't have it got very upset. So all this panic was brought on by a lack of a particular type. Not a lack of hand soap, just a particular type. There was a jealous, a hand soap envy panic, pandemic. It was spreading like wildfires. So we were sent, we were in Pinewood Studios, which is a long way out of central London. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not really close to anywhere, like anywhere, to be perfectly honest. Especially places that would do a particular type of hand soap. At a particular time of the day on a particular day of the week. It's like, oh, look, it's 6 p.m. on a Sunday. Everything's closed. We've got to drive into central London, which is going to take us two hours to get there, at least. Sure. Pick up, the, try and find somewhere that's open that'll sell us this stuff, get it, and get it back. With the instructions of, I think, can you be back within an hour because we need it by then? It's like, <laughs> no, because there's physically no possibility that we can complete this task or the journey. There isn't a sense of reality there. And it's like, I think I spent, I think, what did we spend? It must have been upwards of about £150 on four bottles. It was just four bottles of this hand soap. If I remember correctly, I think we spent upwards of £400 on the bottle of soap. We didn't. We did. Um, Because we had the company credit card, and Andy and I were running around. We'd already had some trouble on this job, because obviously the two of us were a little bit, like, had some comments on how things were happening around us. People didn't like to hear a reality check being dropped in. The film boys we are, like, really... But nonetheless, we did it. You won't hold us back. <laughs> we won't be oppressed by your fashion ways. <laughs> when we get in there, what was it? Aesop. We had to go to Aesop. We oh. jump into Aesop, get these bottles of whatever the fuck it's called. And then we had to go and buy a whole bunch of magazines. 
We had to go to WH Smith's and get magazine. Have you ever seen The Devil Wears? If you've seen The Devil Wears Prada, like that's what we were doing. That was like the job. We had to get all these magazines. We'd buy all these magazines and then we're making our way to like some food court area. I think it was Westfield out in Stratford. That's exactly where it was. And um, I don't know where the credit card is. <laughs> We finally find the soap, but we've lost the credit card. <laughs> lost the fucking credit card. Where Whoops. is it? <laughs> Literally. But can I just just hundreds, some con- context? A little, back, a little backstory on this. On this same job, we were shooting. We were actually we weren't just shooting handbags. We were shooting quite a lot of things, including people and uh, models of new perfume bottles for this particular brand. And these were the prototype bottles, but made into a larger size. These had never been seen before. This was the grand reveal was coming from this photo shoot. There was five of them for the different types of perfume. Three of them went missing. Prime suspects oh, yeah, number shit. one were Andrew and Darren. <laughs> and I was like, listen, I'm flattered that you think I stole your props, but I wouldn't receive that as a gift, let alone take it of my own fucking accord they and create problems for myself. Unbelievably <laughs> stupid, large, perspex perfume bottles. At, like... The producers, the producers came to search our flats. Yeah, right. They wanted to send our emails. They wanted to search our flats. <laughs> like we were a couple find of fucking bottles. renegade criminals. <laughs> <laughs> Even the police have to get a warrant. <laughs> so we were just like, yeah, go and fucking look if you want, because they're not there. So they did. Oh, I was like, oh my God, you people are so sad. Unbelievable. Anyway, we got the soap. Well, we didn't get the soap because we didn't have a critic. <laughs> Because <laughs> Andrew left it in the tail and water <laughs> just left it in the garbage machine. Yeah, left it there. Anyway, we get this soap, this fucking soap, this mission that we're on, and we get it back to the studio. Fucking panic stations are red alert. It's like if you've ever seen an episode of Star Trek and you can imagine everybody's holding on to something, bracing for impact. <laughs> that's the level of panic we were at. You know, the saucer was going to have to separate from the rest of the Enterprise. That level of bullshit was going Because on. people are literally freaking out over the most mental things. Like people are losing their minds just if the couch is just to the right enough of the room yeah. or if maybe it should be turned left or maybe it should be turned the other way. Thanks, right, bro. There's just this crazy kind of power that like, I don't know, these these photographers or these, these clients just have over these like producer people who just, I don't know, I don't know why they do it to themselves. Because they don't have any happiness in their lives. <sighs> Quite potentially. No, no, no. Man. I've worked with these people and so have you for a very long time. Right. And these people who are just... But that's not like, everyone. There no, are like because no, no. I know some producers who are like, but they don't work like that. These they work. People, they work normally. Not everybody in production is like that. But yeah. you work with a lot of people who have so little going on in their own lives, and they work in this community that is like this creative industry. They have no creative input, and all they are is lackeys. They're like well taken, right? And and they're frightened. They're really frightened people, and they're just like they're just not very fun, generally. Yeah. Um, because they're always so stressed out. They're they always they just stressed. Switch, yeah. And they, they've got, then they have to worry about other people's worries, and then create more worries for themselves because they're worried about other people's worries. And you kind of look at somebody and think, like, how little is going on in your life that your biggest concern is how somebody else that pays you to worry about them feels like. Because maybe go to well, a different you know, job. Experience yourself. But they probably think, you know, like at the same time, they probably think, right, I'm going to come in, I'm going to do this, I'm working for these big people. 
I'm going to make these contacts. I'm going to get all this experience and it'll be like, what, like 12 months of bullshit and then I'm out of here. You know what I mean? It's like, a, it looks good, right? But at the same time, it's like, they just don't get that. Like, remember, our pal was there, what, six years? He got like two email addresses. It's like no one's looking at the hard work he's putting in. There's no one there going, ah, you know, that guy's cool. Because people just come and go. It's like, it's like the army. Mm. You know, like these people just in and out and for whatever reason and just no one can... You're not going to go further. No, and they don't want to... They, and they will slander you and ruin you before they promote you. Because everyone's trying to get there, right? Well, no, because if you spend that long with it as you're the point to be promoted, you're not going to want to be promoted. You're not going to get out. You're going to want to you know too much about them to <laughs> let you go yeah. of your own accord because, you know, they best get the jab in first, you know. And they're mostly ourselves. But anyway... They paid us, so that was fine. Because um, we talked yesterday. Well, not as late as most motherfucking people. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I remember once, like, I was waiting for an invoice from the band. I was sat in the studio floor, and it was totally like a sort of, you know, um, what's that film? Neon Demon kind of scene, right? It was per- like huge, like, white shoot. Which, that, that film, by the way, is the most accurate description oh, of, yeah. like, what it's like on a photo shoot. Well, Elle Fanning, wonderful oh, actress. It's so and, fantastic. And, look, talk about Elle Fanning, talk about the savage effect, where an older sibling is successful. Talk about the savage effect. Lays down the groundwork for the younger, kind of slightly off-kilter, younger sibling to step in and take the acting mantle like much like Ben and Fred Savage Fred and Ben L and Dakota Fanning Absolutely. they're two big proponents of the um, the Savage Effect that's the Savage Effect that's in it action. right there that's it right there you you'll, see it you'll, uh, you'll hear more it's clear as day you'll notice it yourself in your own life as well the Savage Effect you'll yeah. notice it in it's across industries it's across everything it's truly a universal thing we coined it by the way we did <laughs> And that's why we called the podcast <laughs> The Savage Effect. It all makes so much sense now. <laughs> ding, ding. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. We, were, we went out to get this soap and we'd lost the credit card. So we'd already been accused of stealing and then we're out and we lose the, like, the only source of finance for the job. <laughs> so needless to say, we were a little bit concerned that people weren't going to believe us. <laughs> Fuck them. They didn't have to believe us. The truth was that we had actually just lost the credit card. But... You know, a little bit of panic, a little bit of running, around, a little bit of panic. We then, to be we, fair, we I was uh, freaking oh yeah, out. All my comments about you know everybody else being in panic. There was real that panic was when we were in Westfield and running around because Westfield is big, and big. if you go in the wrong direction for the right amount of time, you'll never and come use back. The wrong direction, yeah, oh, mate. You'll never it's come a back. Nightmare. That's it. I've known a guy that went to Westfield and he went to pick up a pair of trainers in office, and he took a wrong turn at um, Marks and Spencer. Somebody said to him. Go to the third floor and took a ride of Mark Spencer's, but he was on the fourth floor. It was it was just a very confusing moment. We didn't see him for six years. <laughs> <laughs> Where did he go? Were in bits because he's old. He had to really need a new pair of trainers. That's how he's got in to get them. And by the time he got back, the old pair that he had were worn out, bits blistered, hard feet. Um, I don't know where he went. Westfield. He never effect, told man. us. He was very quiet after that. <laughs> oh man, the Westfield. It's a dreadful place. It's a horrible place. It's an awful waste of space. Well, I, anyway, <laughs> soap. Westfield, give us money for sponsors. The soap. <laughs> a soap. soap. We got past this. Did we get the soap by We now? did. We got the soap. We got the magazines. And we got, we got the magazines. We got the soap. All was going to be well with the world. <laughs> and we jumped in the van and we went back to uh, the studio, back to Pinewood, and back to our draped, carpeted soundstage where reality is not reality and 
that's it really yeah. you know no, nothing is as it seems but not in an exciting kind of Disney kind of way in a like a subversive scary kind of way as if like someone's fucking with you it's yeah. as if like someone like drugs you when you're asleep and puts you in there to like test you yeah I think eyes wide shut rather than I don't know like Alice in Wonderland <laughs> right it's like you know The Cell <laughs> with, yes with GLO it's like The Cell <laughs> you go in there and there's these hideous monsters all around you like draped in strange fabric and weird piercings demanding things demanding things demanding like the most unreasonable things and just leaving a trail of wreckage in their wake <sighs> Do you want to know a story about that soap? Yeah. That fucking soap. <laughs> it, this soap has had more of a profound effect on my life than like any sort of political movement. It made me more aware of the reality of like capitalism. Oh God, man. This it was soap. huge. What happened? So we, <laughs> we'd had our adventure to try and buy this poxy fucking soap. <laughs> Um, and we got it and we got it back and everything was right with the world as I said everybody was finally happy and about 30 minutes later I'm being put back into that position that like the choppers are <laughs> <laughs> there's nowhere to run hovering around the beach <laughs> we gotta get the sick out <laughs> oh, I was like fuck in hell what now like what could it possibly be now so we bought the soap we got the right stuff it wasn't us so one of our uh, talent um, received the soap that they had been kicking up such a fuss about and then went, mm, well, there's mandarin rind in this. And I don't like the smell of mandarin. Get rid of the smell of mandarin, but keep the soap the same. So I'm being poised with the question of, can you remove the scent from this soap? <laughs> looked at them and went yeah <laughs> of course I can and I went and I got the bottle of soap and I got the bottle of other non-name brand palm olive soap that was sitting next to it, which the one that they had initially that they didn't want to have because somebody else had the expensive one that had mandarin rind in it but they don't like mandarin so I emptied the bottle of expensive soap and mandarin rind down the toilet and refilled it with the cheap soap that had been there in the first place <laughs> Brilliant. Did you did you go back for a, for a, like a? Did you figure out if they liked it? Uh, I didn't care. I, <laughs> I genuinely didn't care. But that's so true. Have you like, ever asked somebody before? Do you like the smell of my soap? Here, come here. Smell them. How's and that stick deal? your hands in their face. How's that deal? How much do you reckon that cost? As you're like ramming your filthy hands in their face. <laughs> Place. A little mic problem. Little mic problem. Little monster problem. <coughs> yeah, but that's so true. Like what you were saying. The, those are genuinely the kind of questions that you get asked at this level. I remember like once, oh, you'll get sent out on on tasks that are impossible, right? So it was Sunday night. I was at this studio somewhere in North London near Caledonian Road. Big guy. Opposite. Rider. Rider. Big sky. Send money. <laughs> Sunday night. It's Sunday night at nine o'clock at night. Yeah. Word gets out. Just a little reference for anybody that's listening that's not from um, or living in the UK. 
everything closes here on Sunday at 4pm. That's correct. Nothing is open. If, if, a shop opens on a, if a shop opens on a Sunday, it will be closed by four o'clock. Nothing else is open. I mean, it is a hard... It, and when you have these... You might yeah. get lucky and get a corner shop, yeah. like an off-license or something like that. they're not going to have what you need. Absolutely not. Especially when what you need... No, they might have what you need. You just don't have the expensive bottle to put it in. Especially when what you need is a cold, cooked, skinned chicken breast from a supermarket specifically. Ugh, it's seven o'clock at night. So I set off and I'm like, what the fuck? So I go around, everywhere's shut. Whole Foods is shut. Waitrose is shut. Morrison's is shut, right? So I find a Nando's, a Nando's that's closing, right? Because it's like nine o'clock. So I ran into the Nando's. I beg with the guy, I'm like, dude, can you please do me a chicken breast? Just plain just playing and like he's like okay I'll do it so I do it and I get it gone an hour I get back to the studio the studio's empty <laughs> I hate when they used to do that everyone's gone home like everyone nobody felt the need to send you a text message and say like oh by the way the day's finished don't spend another hour on this task and then I found back. out the next day that they left pretty much minutes after they sent me out for the chicken breast <laughs> Did you ever have to get alkaline water yeah. from the one shop that you can get alkaline water from in London, which is in Primrose Hill, from a chemist? Have you ever had to try, try and buy a hundred black clipper lighters? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> at half past 11 on a Sunday night. I'd go into shops and I'd go, do you have clippers? Uh, yeah. Do you have black ones? Yeah. I'll have all of them. <laughs> what? All of them. All the black ones. Oh, it's just Why? I just really need them. I went. I remember walking up and down. Like, I went into like twenty-five or thirty different like news agents. Going to sell clippers. Do you have black ones? No, we have dark grey. That'll do. <laughs> and then get because like fuck, where are you gonna get one hundred and ten clipper lighters? What the fuck do we need them for? Man. I'll tell you what we need them for. We didn't need them. They weren't a prop. They weren't for anything to shoot. They weren't a tool to be used for the sort of in in in. Enhancement of the artistic process. No, you just put them on the ashtrays. Certain people just didn't like to use anything other than a brand new black clipper lighter. Every time they smoked a flag. That's the thing. Anyway, long story short, ladies and gentlemen, fashion world is fucked up so at the top. This week. That's what we did this week. Yeah. Well, well that's the world that we were in. That wasn't none of that happened this week. Man, this happened years ago, and obviously we're not bitter. But um, no. oh, we've moved silly. on. We have. It's, we've moved they're, on. They're entertaining stories to expose the reality. Like Devil Wears Prada. Because you know the funny true. thing about Devils Wear Prada, Devils Wearing Prada, or whomever the devil may be wearing Prada. I was wearing Prada yesterday. I was very embarrassed. <laughs> you look like a right. Douche. I felt like a prick. <laughs> uh, the irony of Devil Wears Prada is all those people playing the people that they're supposed to be playing are probably worse than the people that they're playing. Most likely. <laughs> it's just like you got some poor assistant working on the Devil Wears Prada going, you people make me fucking sick. <laughs> <laughs> and has the way I can't imagine. I, I have no idea. And if you're listening, come and need us, prove us wrong. But I imagine you're rather difficult. Uh, Fashion world screwed up. Other developments in DL, and we just finished a video for Hero in Error. We did. The fantastic Hero in Error, who are releasing their new EP called Obey. Is it an EP or an LP? It's an EP, right? It's an EP. They're releasing their new EP. Some, some of the tracks on there were produced by Justin Hill from Sixth, right? They were, yeah, yeah. Sounding pretty badass. We just finished a video for that. It was an intense process. The video's rather intense. It is intense. It's a, uh, it's a throwback. <laughs> It's oh, a total it's, throwback it's, video. You call it a throwback. It's stuck somewhere in the 90s. I think I almost got epilepsy. 
cutting that video together. I think I almost got it again. Yeah. I think Dara, like, really needs to enter into some counselling for some of the horrific videos he'd been watching during the editing of that. Sourcing all the material, looking for all the stuff. There's some horrible places on the internet. There's <laughs> really, really brutal stuff gone down on the on Like, people have filmed some horrible things, right? Just terrible things. Yeah, but I mean in like in a news capacity. That's true, in a news capacity. That's what we were looking People at. People have done horrible things. Yeah, man. That have been filmed. It's, it's not a nice place. You see some... So, I mean, you're aware of these things and you know them when you look at them, it changes everything. And that's sort of the video consists of. It's a, it's a barrage of um, anger. Yeah, but also it's just a barrage of every image we could find and just put together. Really, yeah. isn't it? I mean, it was. It's it, got some rat. It's got everything in it. Got rat. It's got a rat it's in it. Got horses. It's got a frog in it. It's got a fight between <laughs> between a spider and a scorpion in it. It's got bombs in it. It's got nuclear explosions in it. It's a metal song. It's a where metal. During the breakdown, we used mushroom clouds. Mushroom clouds. You want to talk about derivative? Come and talk to us. So fantastic. Compositing using you know just it was fun. Money coming down. Money's Extreme. bad. Capitalism. War is bad. Capitalism. Disease is War. bad. Violence on the streets. It's all of that. It's we, every bit that. And we made this video. Like, and it, it works. I mean, you're going to see it soon. Check it out here on air. We'll try and get them on as well. We should get the guys from here when they're on. They should tell us about what it's like doing the recording. I think we will. They've also got a podcast that they run themselves called Staring at the Wall, which you should go and check out. Staring at the Wall podcast. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Couple of, couple of the boys ah the boys the boys, the boys from, from the there. homeland they are from the homeland they're uh, an Irish centric uh, metal band not that there's like a flute a tin whistle in there but they live in London an, an right pipe, they live know? in London right they became successful in England right oh standard yeah I mean what, we, what, would, what would we be without you nothing thank you there you go <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> thanks May I, on behalf of the nation of Ireland, say thank you, England, to the representative of England. <laughs> thank you, Andy, the representative of England. May I, for we would be nothing without England, you. <laughs> except your kind words. And thank you for finally seeing sense. Yeah. Sense. Um, but yeah, we made this video, and we've made a few other videos, which you can... That was really, really well-fielded. I thought it was really going to trigger you then. That was good. Ooh, no, nice. no, I'm not triggered. Your defences are good. Yeah, no, I'm used to that one. Your defences are good. I'm also genuinely just grateful for being made better by the English. <laughs> As an Irish person, we are nothing but subservient and hungry. And if it wasn't for the English, it's we just would have so no one to nice. feed us or repeat us. Sounds so nice just to hear someone finally acknowledge that. You know what I mean? It's just... Oh God, we do so much... You see, the thing is, is we, we do so much and have done so much I wake to up, people. I wake up every morning and I thank great. Malcolm Collins <laughs> for bringing us closer to the English. He's a good lad, Malcolm Collins, you know, helped us out. <laughs> he brought us closer together. Oh, no, us. He did bring us together, did old Malcolm Collins. He was a good, he was a good fella. I keep tapping my wall. That Liam Neeson, he did so much for the Scots and the Irish. Nothing for himself. Nothing. He's just a selfless, right? Completely altruistic. Sad about his altruistic. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, that really was man. Yeah. She was great as well. She was wicked. She was a nil. Was she a nil? Yeah. Um. What was her name again? Richardson. 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 Was she the one in um the Parent Trap as well? Yeah. That was a great movie. That was great, right? With Dennis Quaid. Dennis Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. Randy Quaid. Let's talk about the fucking Savage Savage Effect. effect. (laughs) In action. Right there again. 
Dennis Quaid, Randy Quaid. Look at Randy Quaid. Set the fuck. He got the ball rolling. He was there. Although there's a slight difference with Dennis Quaid and Randy Quaid. So That's true. That Randy Quaid is kind of more left of left field. Actor. He's a bit more of a comic. He's quirky. He's a comic. Quirky. And then he set up the platform for Dennis Quaid to step in. And Dennis Quaid is just like traditionally handsome rom com. You know, not very interesting. He's like the have kind you ever, of. Have you ever seen the? Have you ever seen the film Flight of the Phoenix? Oh yeah, man, Flight of the Phoenix. My, I we seen, need to rewatch that. Do you rewatch Flight of the Phoenix? Right, I've seen it twice, and I remember the second time I was watching it. We were in. It was years ago now. I was still a student, and we were watching it. And a friend of mine, Dan, who you know, Dan McCormick, yeah, was so angered by that film that he stood up in a strop and slammed the door and left the room and to this day probably ten years later refuses to talk about it because he just cannot Flight understand how such a piece of garbage <laughs> was ever greenlit and that anybody ever spent money on it like he was incensed <laughs> he, he was like personally offended by oh, the yeah. existence of this it's film like if why? why was he so offended by it? I Did he feel like just his life had been wasted? Yeah, like right. he, I mean, that was it, really. It was just like such a colossal fucking waste of time for him. I kind of enjoyed it. I don't know what that says about me versus him, but it's all right. But it's that Dennis Craig thing. It's like Inner Space, great movie. Amazing film. I can't think of anything else he's in. He's somewhat forgettable. He's in that one about the fireman that goes back in time. The fireman that goes back in time? I may have made that up, but it sounds like something you'd be... Dennis Quaid's in The Day After Tomorrow, man. Oh, yeah. He's in... Um, so is Jake Gyllenhaal. So is Jake Gyllenhaal. Maggie Gyllenhaal. Mag, the Savage, the savage effect. effect. Ladies and gentlemen. See, we're not mad. It's a thing. Absolutely. See, Jake comes in... No, no, who was it first? Maggie or Jake? Because Jake... They it, both kind of started in the same Yeah, that's true. That's, that's true. Just happens Equal talent. We're kind of... We're stretching with that yeah. one a little bit. But yeah. Allow us. We're, but one set the standard to allow the cute little brother to break out of that cute little brother thing by doing secretary. Yeah, well, I mean... Bill, bubble, she helped bubble, the family out, man. Bubble boy became... Jake Gyllenhaal that we know today because Maggie went and did the secretary exactly she, she ripped things off and she and I think I think there was a standard set there yeah I agree yeah she was like you know because a lot of people they, like say like the Olsons yeah them Elizabeth effect, Elizabeth right exactly but the two look younger that, ones had a, had they've dual, not really shaken that she, childish she look she just have a road to stardom Sephora. she had a dual carriageway it was easy it was easy it was just easy for her but Randy Quaid's gone a bit mad sadly isn't Randy Quaid dead? No. Is he? Yeah. I think Randy, Randy Quaid's dead, man. Well, he may have died and I didn't... Oh, that's sad. I think he died ages ago. Well, last I heard, he uh, ran... He moved to Canada to seek asylum with his wife because he was... Oh, no. There was a conspiracy. He's still alive. Murder celebrities. No, he's still he was, alive. Yeah. He's mad. Who did I think... Who am I thinking of then? Who died? Um, like Randy Who <laughs> thought it was Randy we just, Quaid? We just bring up the death list. Sorry. <laughs> we don't do fake news. Randy Quaid is not dead. No, he's not dead. He's just he's very Canada. much alive. Yeah, he lives in Canada. He's mad. Um, he's convinced that there's a conspiracy. There's, well, he's a conspiracy that there's a, a, a like a, a, a group of people in Hollywood that are out to kill certain celebrities and he's next on the list and he and his wife are on the run constantly and they're now somewhere in Canada but they've been on the road for a long time to avoid capture and they release videos intermittently explaining why this is happening and their proof and The Quaid Conspiracy Yeah It's mad They're spending nights in their car on the run from the same shadowy cabal the, sa- the Hollywood star whackers Yeah who may have killed Heath Ledger 
possibly sabotage Jeremy Piven. May. And possibly. could now be targeting Lindsay Lohan. Might be. No, this is not the plot of Oscar nominee and Golden Globe winner Randy Quaid's latest movie. It is what he and his wife, Evie, swear is really happening to them. With the quids in Canada, the author, um, oh, right, so the author, that's, uh, there's, an, there's an article there by Nancy Jill Sales on the uh, the Hive by Vanity Fair. And goes into this. That's... Yeah, it's crazy. Um, he, he went off the radar. But if you think of it, Randy Quaid, he made... It could be a joke. It could be like oh, something funny I mean, that he's be, doing. Well, he, I mean, he should probably take a moment to just step outside of it and see what the reaction is like because I don't think he's getting many laughs. <laughs> <laughs> what like it's kind of like a Joaquin Phoenix I'm not there oh, I'd be the, what was it called uh, I'm still here I'm still here it was kind of like that that didn't get many laughs either no that was so kind of I like read what, somebody saying what that the you whole doing? North Korea thing is just another Joaquin Phoenix <laughs> documentary I can believe it man I can believe it because Kim Jong-un man is he looks just like Joaquin Phoenix he does yeah. he does he's just got he the does. Phoenix vibe thank you a little bit but he loves America, this guy. Dennis Rodman has offered to intervene. Dennis Rodman, man, they should make him foreign envoy. They should just change the American flag to a photograph out. of Dennis Rodman standing next to Kim Jong-un with, De- with Randy Quaid in the box where the um, the stars used to be. I completely agree <laughs> with that. Oh, maybe, maybe you know, to help North Korea pipe down, we just threaten them with Dennis Quaid, uh, uh, Randy Quaid in a fighter jet. Playing yeah. like some In the sort words of, of my generation. Exactly right. <laughs> Up yours. <laughs> <laughs> Just we're gonna make beeline for North. We're gonna send this kamikaze guy to North Korea. I think that's what they should threaten him with. Do you know, every time I see that film on Independence Day, it brings a tear to my eye. Oh, so it makes good. me like. There's so few things in cinema that make me like well up, and that moment in Independence Day when he flies at that and he goes, "Remember me, boys." <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> he owns it, man. He owns it. It is incredible. It's an incredible thing. I remember that in the cinema, the way yeah. I felt in the cinema Same. when I saw that. Roland Emmerich, man, and Randy <sighs> Quaid. They should get back together. They should do another project, just the two of them. Just everybody, like Stargate. Like, Spider-Man didn't do anything since. Spider-Man. Spider-Man did Secretary. Yeah. God, I love James Spader. Spader, yeah, me too, man. He did Crash. Yeah, no, it's so good. <sighs> Spader, Spader is the man. Yeah, he's he's so good. Because Crash is out there, man. I mean, can you imagine like uh, like that conversation about what Crash is going to be about? Yeah. <laughs> like Eddie. <laughs> okay, so the first well, time we so see you. So, so, so why don't tell me tell me that one more time? <laughs> but don't use the like wound fucking. Use a different verb. <laughs> Flower it up for me. There's no way to explain like the way you feel when you're watching Crash. I think it's a very difficult kind of emotion to describe or sort of sensation to describe because you're just so freaked out, but you're also just really aroused. It's weird. Certainly I was. Well, good to know. How do you explain that to the actors? Okay, okay, Spider-Man. No. Spider-Man. The first, the first <laughs> How shot. How do you explain what you just shot, said to you anyone? Go, you're going <laughs> to... Do not fucking deflect back onto the actors of that film. I just felt after I finished watching Crash, I just wanted to get in get a car, car. <laughs> hit the highway, and crash that, crash motherfucker. that motherfucking car straight into oncoming traffic. I'm a 12 car car open. I'm and then whack everyone. myself to death. Me. 
So that's the end of Andy. So uh, join us next time for more of the same, and hopefully we'll enlighten you and take you to some faraway places. Join us next time. See you. There was an accident.